Thanks for tuning in and making Res Life a part of your day. Whether this is your first time listening or this is a part of your weekly rhythm, we are glad you're here. If you'd like to connect more throughout the week, check us out at reslife.org, download our app, or follow us on social media. It's time for today's message, so let's dive in. I want to talk with you, I want to share with you today on uh, seeking the heart of God, coming into his presence. And so if you were here this morning, we, we really talked about identity. Uh, I was tasked, and part of me goes, wow, I get an easy one. I get to talk about on how to come into the presence of God. This one's a lot easier for me. But, but really, I did it intentionally because I think they pair well because the first this morning was really about identity and, and we all struggle with identity. We all, we all before Christ have an identity of an orphan with an orphan spirit. We're adopted into the kingdom of God. Our spirit is new, but those hurts and wounds and the way we think we've been wired a lifetime of, of, of half truths and lies of who we really are. And it's only when we come into the presence of God that we discover our true identity as a son and as a daughter. And so you're, you're in the, this, this, this season of pray first and 21 days of prayer and fasting. And so this is a prayer that I, I led our church through um, about two months ago. And it's called the Tabernacle Prayer. And it's really, um, it's just really transformed my quiet time. And so I just wanna maybe submit it to you, walk you through it. And, and I, it's going to be kind of a unique teaching and a time together. It's maybe take some notes, take some pictures of, of scriptures. Um, but, it, but I'm going to kind of teach it, preach it, and minister it all at the same time. That's where we're going. We're going to do all three, baby. We're, we're going to go for it. So as we, I'm going to walk you through kind of my quiet time. And in this tabernacle prayer that, that is laid out, you know, in Exodus 25.8, God meets with, with, with Moses. And, you know, here, here's what's interesting is I've always seen the, the Bible, Old Testament, New Testament. And I had a, uh, a professor of Old Testament survey who was a Messianic Jew, and he said the Bible's divided into two sections. And I went, well, thank you, Captain Obvious. Uh, and he said, no, the Bible's divided into two sections. It's not Old Testament, New Testament. It's Genesis 1. And from Genesis 2 to Revelation, that's how the Bible is divided in those two sections. Genesis 1 is God creates man, and then man falls and the relationship is broken. And from Genesis 3 or Genesis 2 all the way to Revelation is God's restoration of that relationship. And it, it just really impacted me because you realize that the Word of God is given to restore what the father passions for more than anything. And that's to be with his children, to be with you and I. And, and so Colossians tells us, in fact, uh, Colossians 2, it says these things, meaning the Old Testament, they're a foreshadow. And so we see in Exodus the, the introduction of the Passover lamb. Well, that's a foreshadow to Jesus, who is the Lamb of God, and that the blood on the doors is a foreshadow of the blood of the Lamb of Jesus Christ as a sacrifice, bringing life. And so these things are a foreshadow. So when we look into the Word of God in this context, that it's two sections, Genesis 1 and the rest, the broken, the, the broken relationship, and then the entire Word of God 
dedicated for God to restore that relationship, we can draw some things. And also it's to realize that God just really desperately, he wants to meet with you tomorrow. He's waiting for you to come into his presence. And so if you're taking notes, this is one of the first things I've realized is to draw into the presence of God, you have to be intentional. Now, I'm all for the uh, 28th Street prayer, the 131 S-curve prayer, that, that's good. You know, you can throw one up quick, Lord, get me there on time, help me with the test or whatever it is. But, but really, the first thing we see about Jesus is when he is bringing prayer is that he, Jesus always had a special place he went to. He withdrew and it says he would go to a certain place to prayer. When the disciples saw Jesus praying, they said, teach us how to pray. And the, the first thing he said is he goes, go to your room and shut the door. Meaning, be intentional, take in the moment of really what is about to transpire. Get, give it the due respect of stepping into the presence of God. And another thing I have to remind myself is I go to meet with him. He doesn't come to meet with me. In a sense, I know God is omnipresent. But I lay down my agenda to step into his presence for his agenda. Rather than doing my thing and hoping he blesses it. Jesus says that if there's any other way, let this cup pass. But nonetheless, not my will be done, but your will be done. We, we meet with the Father. We lay our agenda down and we come into his presence. Does this make sense? And this is really the frame set that, that we have to, to come into the tabernacle prayer. And so I believe we've got a, um, a, a video, or not a video, uh, uh, there it is, a graphic of the tabernacle prayer. Now, what's interesting is in Exodus 25, God is meeting with Moses and, he, and, he, and he's going to ask, he's going to give instructions to build the tabernacle. Now, why is he doing this? He wants to meet with his people. Remember, that, that relationship's broken. He's trying to restore the relationship. So in chapter 25, he lays out the next five chapters of how to build this tabernacle. He's very specific in, in its instructions with measurements. Uh, every part is detailed, the furniture, how it's made, what it's to be made of. He is very specific in the path he's gonna show on how to dwell amongst the people and how the people to dwell amongst him. And, and so the tabernacle is built before the, the temple is built and the tabernacle is moved. It's during the days of wandering uh, through the wilderness. But when the tabernacle is set up, the furniture's in its place, everything's precise. The presence of God dwells within the Holy of Holies. And so, as a foreshadow of things to come, I'm gonna walk you through my prayer in quiet time because I see that the elements that God so specifically laid out to this day is a symbol of how we walk into his presence. And so as we look at this, the first thing is the outer courts. And, and so as we have the outer courts, we have the gates uh, of thanksgiving, and we need to come through the gates of thanksgiving. In the outer court, you're going uh, to have the altar, the brazen altar. You have the gates, and you have the labor. Let me just go through each one of these, and, and then I'm going to show you how I pray through them as well. But let me show you the meaning of them. The first one is the gates, the gates of thanksgiving. We come through with the gates of thanksgiving. In uh, Psalms 104, it says, enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise 
And then just in case we missed it, for those ADHDers that check out, he says, give thanks, by the way. <laughs> Enter his gates with thanksgiving, his courts for pray, give thanks and praise his name. There's a way we come into the gates. Now, what's interesting is the word gates in the Hebrew is Sahar, and it means fortification. And so I was in Washington, D.C. visiting a friend that uh, has a church down there. And just within a mile of each other, there's Mount Vernon, which is uh, Washington, D.C., or which is George Washington's house that, that he lived in. And then uh, just down the road from our Mount Vernon, or from Mount Vernon, is a military, an army military base, uh, Fort Belvoir. And and I'm driving by, and I'm noticing these gates because if you go to the the gates of Mount Vernon, there's wrought iron black gates with like this brick pillars that hold them and they open and and there there's nothing around it which means the gates are more decorative uh you could just drive around it or walk around it if you want but they mark the entrance into mount vernon this is the way in it is very obvious now you go down to uh, fort belvoir just down the road military base gates they look a little different they're not as welcoming, first off, but they're a fortification. And so we hear that the, the gates of Thanksgiving is Sahar, and it's a fortification, meaning this, these gates are either used to welcome us or they're used to close out, to fortify. We come in with, a, with Thanksgiving. We come into his presence with praise. I have in my notes uh, a bad attitude doesn't get intimate with God at times. Now, we, we want to cast our cares upon him, but we want to come in and worship him. We enter his gates with thanksgiving. We cast our cares upon him. And here's what it really, really does. If we skip the gates of thanksgiving, if we come through with a bad attitude, with grumbling, um, we, we lose the significance of God. Because worship takes us off of our how big our problem is, and worship brings it to how big our God is. And so we enter with our gates of thanksgiving, thankful. Um, you know, I just, I just, I begin and I begin thanking God for all that he does, for all that he, all who he is. I just, I start thanking him. Uh, I thank him for the, the many blessings in my life. So I, I come in with praise. I come in with thanksgiving. And, and I just declare all the names of God. In fact, in my Bible, I, 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 I just, uh, I keep all the names of God. And I'm going to reference these in just a moment. But I come in with the gates of thanksgiving. I thank him for the life. I thank him for the deliverance. I thank him for the healing in my life. I come through with the gates of thanksgiving. And then the, uh, the, the second element that we give, 1 Thessalonians 5.16, it says, Be joyful always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will uh, for Christ Jesus. Always begin with praise. Now, the first thing we enter into the, the tabernacle is the outer courts, is the brazen altar. Brazen altar, this is where sacrifice was made. This is the cross. This was bloody. There was blood everywhere. 
You know, I was at Meyer. Uh, I've gotten to know the butchers at Meyer. You got to have a guy, right? And I tell you, you want to be friends with the butcher. That, that's a good guy to have as your friend. So I always go up to the meat counter rather than buying the packaged meat. I always go to the meat counter and I always have them cut my steaks for me out back. And so uh, I've gotten to know a couple of the guys and, and they've got, they've got um, sirloin steaks and they've got a, a beautiful display. It looks wonderful. And so I'll just go, hey, can you cut them a little thicker? Can I get it like an inch cut, an inch and a half cut? And they go out to the back. Well, I'm there one time and Thomas, one of the guys that I know, he comes back, he comes from the back with my steaks and he's wearing a apron and he, he's got white pants on, white shirt and an apron, and it's all stained in blood. And you almost forget the stakes look so pretty in the display case. You forget how bloody and messy it is for those stakes to be present. And sometimes I, I forget how gory and bloody the cross was the passion of Christ, the beating endured, and the sacrifice that it took. It, for our deer hunters here, if you've ever gutted a deer, field dressed a deer, it, it, it's, it's gory, it's bloody. And the cross was brutal. And so I, I don't wanna walk by that flippantly. I, I wanna thank him for the sacrifice, for my freedom, for my healing and my adoption. I'm aware of that. And it's by his stripes that I'm healed. And so I come in and I, and I praise him and I give thanks. And, and, and then uh, I acknowledge the sacrifice that was taken. And then after the sacrifice, uh, the blazed altar was this laver and it was made out of shiny brass. And um, the, the laver, uh, had a, it was a bowl of water that the priest, after the blood's all over his hands, would wash his hands ceremonially, but the bowl was fashioned in a way that it reflected like a mirror. And, and the priest could see if anything was on him, any blood was on him, any dirt was on him from the sacrifice that was just presented, and he would wash. And here's the moment of our prayer after we've given thanks and we see the sacrifice in, in all of this and, and, and realizing from the altar, the altar, the brazen altar, Isaiah 53, five says, but he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that was brought peace was upon him and his wounds we are healed. That's the blazed altar. But now we see at the laver a reflection and here's what it shows is it, it is the, the the heart to create in me a clean heart, O oh Lord, and to give him permission to cleanse my heart, my soul, my mind. Romans 12.1 says, Therefore I urge you, brothers, to view in God's mercy the offer of your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. And it just shows that God isn't just a... He's just not interested in forgiving of my sins, but of cleansing my heart to draw close to him. And, and so it is permission. It's a yielding to him and giving him permission. It's to honestly look at myself and say, Lord, is there any part of my heart that needs to be dealt with? 
And here's the thing, if the bowl was before the laver, or if the, if the laver was before the brazen altar, we would try to clean ourselves up to be worthy enough for the sacrifice. And that's what religion does. All right, well, if you live good, you do all the right things, then God will forgive you, right? We want to switch these things all along and try to earn our salvation, but it's by grace that we have been saved, not by works of righteousness. So it's important the order that they have these, that, that we appreciate the sacrifice. And then once we know we're saved and forgiven, regardless of the mess that we are, now it comes to a point where love is my motivation to surrender and give God permission to deal with the things in my heart. Already saved by the sacrifice, but now there's the healing by surrendering. And so here's what it, kinda, here's what it looks like when I, when, I, when I begin the tabernacle prayer. I, I, I love to listen to some praise. Um, I, th I thank him for the life that he gave me. I thank him for bringing healing into my life. I thank him for Eileen. I thank him for my boys. I pray for my boys and, and their wives and the grandkids. I pray for the church. Uh, I just, I'm giving thanks for everything he's done. I can't, the next breath I take is by the grace of God. It's a, everything's a gift. So I, I praise him for everything. Then I, and I just meditate and I, Lord, thank you so much for the sacrifice that you gave for the torture that you endured. Thank you that you did that for me. And then I come to this, and at this point, it's easy to submit my will to his will and to say, just renew in me a right spirit, Lord. Renew my mind upon the word of God. In Romans 12, 2, it says, don't conform any longer to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good and pleasing will. Washing, the washing of my heart with the word. It's to be in God's word. It's to give him permission to examine ourselves, as Paul says in 1 Corinthians. In Psalms 139, it says, search me, O God, and know my heart and test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. It is a time of surrender. So now that he has brought us through this outer courts, we've received the, the sacrifice of Christ. We've given him permission to speak into our hearts. We've looked at our reflection and surrendered to him. Then everybody could gather here but then only the priest could go into the, holy of, or into the holy place. And we're all called priest. And, it, and, and now, as you step into the room, the curtain in the, in the holy place, you walked in, and on one side was the lampstand, and I think that says candle. Yes, it's golden, golden candlestick, so I always laugh. I didn't know it said candlestick, so when I preach this, I go, it's a lampstand, it's not a candle. And they're like, well, you got it on you, behind you. No, but it's a, it's a candle, it's a lampstand because it burns oil. And, and as long as there's oil, it, it can keep burning. A candle in a wick burns down and depletes, but uh, a lampstand, which just was a lampstand, used oil. The only light in the, in the holy place was the lampstand, and that was on the, on, the, on the left, and then on the right was the showbread uh, in there. And these elements 
is one represents the Holy Spirit. As we look to scripture, oil, fire, uh, we see fire at the day of Pentecost in Acts. We see the oil representing the anointing of the Holy Spirit, like oil off of Aaron's beard and dripping down, so is the anointing of the Lord. Um, and, and so the oil, the lampstand is the, is the Holy Spirit. And then we have the word of God that is gonna be represented out on the other side, the word of God, because it has the showbread, the body of Christ is represented here. Um, and it's the manna that is represented here. You, here's what it's saying is rather than it being linear, these two are of equal of importance. You've gotta have the Holy Spirit and you've gotta have the word. And if you have one or the other, if you have no spirit and all word, you dry up. If you have all spirit and no word, you blow up. <laughs> but if you have spirit and word, you grow up. And so these two are side by side. And here's the, the other beautiful picture and the representation is it's the Holy Spirit that is bringing light to the word of God. It's bringing revelation. And so when I, when I come into this place, uh, is usually when I'm reading the Word of God. A lot of times, we'll, Eileen and I will take communion. I, um, it, it is this moment where uh, I'm asking the Holy Spirit, I'll pray in the Holy Spirit, I pray in the Spirit here. And Exodus 25, 30 says, and you shall set the showbread on the table before me always. The word show is lehem, and it means the face, the presence of God. The Word is the presence of God. And, and, and it nourishes us. Um, in John 1.1, 1, 1, it says, In the beginning was the Word. And the Word, uh, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The Spirit, the, the heart, the, the Word. I love, I love you version. I, I, I love the, the app in my phone. It's good for running and gunning. But I'm finding for me, to come into the Holy of Holies, into the presence of God, there's just something about the pages. There's something about a highlighter. There's something about the turning of the pages. There, 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 there's just, I hear the voice of the Spirit with a hard copy Bible is what I'm saying. And this is a time where I have my spot. I'm, I'm all settled in and I'm gonna read the word. I'm gonna pray in the Spirit. I'm gonna ask the Holy Spirit to just, to, to, to illuminate the word of God. And this is where um, communion comes. So we've got the bread, the body, the, the word of God. We've got the Holy Spirit that is lighting on that. I'm constantly asking the Holy Spirit to bring revelation. Isn't it amazing? You can grow up reading the same scripture over a 20 year span, and then there's something new out of that old scripture. That, that's, the, that's the Holy Spirit that, that is lighting, but, but you call upon it to light the word of God to bring fresh revelation. And then at the, at, at the end, just to, as, as the separation into the Holy of Holies, there was a table there with incense. And the incense represented the prayers that are being lifted up um, in there. Psalms 141.2, it says, May my prayer be set before you like incense. May the lifting up my hands be like an evening sacrifice. And so it's just to, to remember that your prayers aren't just staying in this room but they're being offered up to your father that's waiting to meet with you. And so that, that is how I, I pray my, my way through these elements so far. And, and here when I'm, 
um, when I'm declaring who God is, I've, I have, I've had this in my Bible, man, for probably uh, 35 years, 36 years. Uh, this is the names of God. And, and I've always, I'll either use this at, at the gates of thanksgiving to give him praise, or I'll use it in this time right here when, when I'm in the holy place. And I just begin to give thanks for the names of God, and I pray those. So this is what my quiet time would look like. Um, Lord, thank you so much for all that you've done in my life, and thank you for the sacrifice that you paid to give me freedom. You said it's finished. It's done that the victory is mine, but the battle is yours. Thank you, Lord, for the sacrifice. And Father, I just surrender my heart to you. I, I, I give you permission to speak of any area in my life. I surrender it to you. And then I step in and I, I say, Lord, thank you for the Holy Spirit. And I'll begin to pray in the Spirit. And, I, and I'll look to the word, but here's where I just, I, I have this list here. And I say, Lord, thank you that you are Jehovah. Sid Canoe, that you are my righteousness. Thank you that you are Jehovah Makadesh. You are the one who sanctifies me. Thank you, Lord. You are Jehovah Shalom, my peace. Thank you, Lord. You are Jehovah Shema, the one who's always there. You've never left me. Even when I've walked away, Father, you've waited for me. Thank you, Lord, that you're there. Thank you, you are Jehovah Rophi, the one who heals me. Thank you, Lord, that you are Jehovah Jireh. You have always been faithful to provide every need in my life. You are my provider. Thank you, Lord, you are Jehovah Nisi and you're my banner. You cover me with your righteousness. Thank you, Lord, you are Jehovah Rohi. You are my shepherd. You are the good shepherd that always goes before me. You are the shepherd that goes after the one and leaves the 99. And when I was that one, you came and found me. You begin to call and declare the names of God. And it's amazing how invincible you become. And so I begin to, to call out the names of God in, in, in this holy place. And then through that curtain, and, and I, I always think of this little, you know, little curtain that you can just push aside. And I... Uh, it's amazing if you've ever heard Rick Renner teach on this, this curtain. The curtain was actually about 22, 25 feet tall, so it's about the ceiling height and, and almost a foot thick. That, that when this was torn, when Jesus gave up his last breath and, and this was torn, I, I mean, it, it was just this, this bold proclamation because only one could go into the Holy of Holies. And, and you had to be of a certain tribe, a priest, and out of that priest, only one was selected once a year to go into the Holy of Holies. And as you know, they tied a, a rope around the ankle. So if he didn't enter correctly and was struck dead, they could pull him back out, not have to wait a year before they could send another guy in for him. But that curtain obviously was torn when Jesus died, giving us full access into the, into the presence of God. But even though we have full access, there's, I see there's an order that brings me into his presence. And so when, you, when they would cross over, there was the Ark of the Covenant. And in the Ark of the Covenant, it contained three elements. And this is interesting. The, one of the elements was Aaron's rod. And Aaron's rod, it budded. 
with an almond flower. And it was chosen, it was all, all the tribes came together, they, they threw their staffs down and God chose Aaron's tribe by putting the, the flower bud on that staff. That staff is in the, the Ark of the Covenant. And so what it shows is God chose you and I. God chose us. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. He chose me. I was always the last kid picked in, in, in softball. I was always the last kid picked in gym. And guess what? I'm the first kid picked in the kingdom of God. So, so, so to understand, as we try to earn this thing and cheapen it, is to understand God has already picked you. He chose you. He's called you by name. And this represents his character. These things reflect the character of God, of who he is. And then in there also is a manna jar or a jar with manna in it. And, and this represents that he is the God that provides. He provides the needs of his children. I don't know what you're going through, but God will meet those needs. That's who he is. It's his nature. And he picks three things that display his heart and his nature. Why? Because he's trying to reconnect with his people. And so we have Aaron's staff to show he's a God that he chose us. We have the jar of manna to show he's a God that provides and meets all the needs. And then the third item is the Ten Commandments. He's a just God. And, and, and he's a fair and just God. And, and it says above that is the cherubs. And he says, in the middle is the mercy seat. And that is where I meet with my people. When we realize who he is, and above the law is grace and mercy. And that's the place that we find the presence of God. And this is a prayer, this is a path. Not that it's a, it's not a magical prayer, but it's a mindset that still today is a foreshadow that tomorrow he's waiting for us. And if there's times where we go through dry season, there's times where it's, I'm not connecting, Think of this tabernacle prayer. This has helped me when, when my quiet times became dry, right? And it just helped me connect and to come in. And so I'm just going to minister this prayer. I'm going to ask the keyboard to come on up or the worship team to come on up as we, as we close. But I'm just going to minister this teaching to you and help you. Um, you know, what was interesting is for my first three years when I came to Christ, uh, I never knew how to have a quiet time. I heard everybody talk about it. Everybody goes, you need to have a quiet time. You need to have a quiet time. And too much time went by that it was too embarrassing to ask what is a quiet time. I mean, it's two words, right? Pretty self-quiet for a time. See, but I didn't know what to do. I didn't know how to connect. And, and so um, hopefully this will help you. And hopefully there will be a time this week. It's amazing how fast the time goes by. And so, Father, we enter your gates with thanksgiving and we give you praise. You are a good, good God. Thank you, Lord, for the life you've given us, for the life you've called us to. Thank you for your grace and your mercy. Thank you, Lord, for the relationships we have, and the people we love. Thank you for the local church and that you call us to join ourselves to the body of Christ 
Thank you for righteous authority in our lives. Thank you, Lord, for the life that we have, the blessings that we have. And Lord, we're thankful that it was all paid by your precious blood. And that, Lord, you sacrificed yourself. That by your stripes we're healed. And the pain that you endured is greater than any sickness and disease that the devil can bring. It heals every sickness and disease. It heals every wound. It heals every emotional hurt. So thank you, Father. And Father, as we step into your presence, we give you permission to just reveal in our hearts now things that you want to deal with. Bitterness, unforgiveness, identity, pride. In fact, show us in this moment, Lord, if there's an area of pride that we're just, we just feel right and entitled to that thing. Today, we just want to give it up. We want to renew our minds and wash it with a word and surrender ourselves to you and Lord, as we come into your holy place, we pray for the Holy Spirit and a fresh anointing to come and to fall fresh on us, to fall fresh on me, Father. I pray that the Holy Spirit would bring revelation to your word and would illuminate your word, that as I read, I would hear the voice of God speak to my heart, that it would heal and encourage. Let there be fresh revelation in your word waiting tomorrow morning when we meet and we step into your presence. And Lord, thank you that you hear our prayers, that this moment is intentional and you're amongst the people, you inhabit the praise of your people. And so we're thankful, Father. And Lord, I'm so thankful that as I come before you, you're a God that has chosen me before I chose you. And you call me by name. You know the hairs on my head. You formed me in my mother's womb. I was always referred to as an oops baby. But Lord, that was no mistake in your kingdom. And you call me a son. And you chose me. Thank you for always providing and meeting every need in my life. I've never gone in want. And Lord, thank you that you're a righteous God. But your mercies endures forever. In Jesus' name. Isn't he a beautiful spirit and a loving father? I just want to close with this prayer because, um, you know, it's Sunday night, the lions are on, and so I'm thinking, boy, only diehard believers are here today. But it's amazing that there's people that are just trying to find something that's real out there, and they're desperate. They're just trying to find a truth that really makes a difference and changes and transforms. And so I just want to give an opportunity, if that describes you, that you can find everything your heart's looking for through Jesus Christ. And there's one question you got to have answered, and the question is, is my heart right with God? And so as I close here, if I could just have you bow your head and close your eyes, I want to give you an opportunity to begin this journey into the presence of God. And that journey 
even at the gates, it comes down to this one question, is my heart right with God? Jesus is the sacrifice that brings us into his presence. And we've got to reconcile. So it's a moment to just go, Lord, is my heart right with you? And if you're here in this moment going, well, I hope so, or I think so, today you can know for sure. You might be saying, I try to be a good person, try to do the right thing. Listen, trying hard to be good, and that'll kill you. <laughs> that doesn't bring peace. It doesn't make you right with God. But the Bible says in Romans, those who call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. And what it means is there's got to be a defining moment in our lives where we didn't just believe in God and try harder, grow up in a home that believed in God, but there's got to be a moment where personally we surrender our lives and we say, Jesus, come into my life and rescue me. And if you don't have a moment like that, this is your moment now. So I'm going to pray in the count of three, and I'm going to just pray for anybody here today that is going, I don't know really if my heart's right with God, but today I want to know, include me in that prayer. If that describes you with every head bowed and every eyes closed to make this a moment between you and God, if that describes you and you want to be included in this prayer, on the count of three, I'm just going to ask you to raise your hand. Don't miss this. One, two, right now, three, just raise your hand. I don't know if my heart's right with God, but today I want to know for sure. Include me in that prayer. Just look at, awesome, I see your hand over here. I see this hand right over here. Is there another one? I don't know if my heart's right, but today I want to know. I believed in God, but I've never surrendered to him. And today I want to surrender. Anybody else? Real quick, just pop your hand up. Awesome. Romans 10, 9 says this. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, believe in your heart God raised him from the dead. It says you will be saved. What a beautiful promise. And that's what we're going to pray right now. And so, church, if you just pray along for encouragement, but if you raised your hand, just pray this from your heart and just pray, oh, heavenly father, I come to you in Jesus' name. I believe you died on a cross, that you rose again, and you're seated on the throne. Jesus, forgive me for all that I've done wrong, and I choose to forgive all others. Come into my life, today and forever, I am yours, in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Thanks for listening. We hope you've been encouraged by this message. For more information, if you're in need of prayer or just want to connect with the community, go to reslife.org, follow us on social media, or email us anytime at reslife at reslife.org. We hope you have a blessed day, and we will see you again soon.